This is day four together of our look at 1 Corinthians 7, verses 17 to 24 today. And Paul's going to turn in these verses to start to talk about decisions and how we make those decisions. He's going to focus especially on how to make a decision regarding marriage, whether you should marry or whether you should not marry. It's really, the principles that he's going to teach us here really have to do with the broader issue of how we make decisions regarding our life circumstances, who and when we marry, where we live, what job we have. How do you know what God's will is in those areas? These next few days, we'll be looking at two of the most powerful and practical passages in all of Scripture regarding how to make decisions in these life circumstances. There's some times in your life where the decision, it's clearly laid out in God's Word. It's easy. Should I murder? No. That's very clear in God's Word. Should I get drunk? No. God just says, don't get drunk. Should I be sexually pure? Should I forgive? Yes, God says you should do these things. So many of the decisions in our lives clearly laid out in God's Word. But how about those times when there's not a verse that tells you what to do? Should I marry Nancy or Kathy? And if it's Kathy, when should I marry Kathy? Should I live in New York or Kansas City? Should I take that job or is that job the better choice? Tomorrow, we're going to see some key steps to go through in making those kinds of decisions. But before even starting with those steps, there is one overriding principle that Paul talks about in these verses. It's so important. Paul states this principle no less than three times in this passage that we're looking at today. The principle is this, verse 17. Nevertheless, each one should retain the place in life that the Lord assigned to him and to which God has called him. That is, this is the rule I lay down in all the churches. Paul writes and says, you retain the place in life the Lord assigned. He's saying here, you stay where God has put you until he puts you somewhere else. You serve where God has put you until he puts you somewhere else. You love where God has put you until he puts you somewhere else. And you stop living your life thinking that God's will is somehow somewhere else. God's will is for you to love him and to serve him where you are. That's where it always starts. Now, there's a huge truth behind these phrases that Paul uses here. The place that the Lord has assigned to you. The place to which the Lord has called you. Wherever you are, Paul is recognizing here, wherever you happen to be right now, there's God's assignment, there's God's calling in where you are right now. The truth behind that is God has more control over your circumstances, over your place in life than you can imagine. Where you were born, how you grew up, even where you are right now, it is God's calling, God's assignment for you. Now, you might look at this and think, God didn't put me here. I put me here. But Paul is saying, more than you realize, God put you where you are. You give yourself a lot of credit. I give myself a lot of credit sometimes. But more than you realize, God put you where you are. Sure, you had a part in the process. But overall, it's his calling and it's his assignment. Now, wait a minute, you might think. What if I'm in prison? Well, God allowed you to get caught. God made sure you were sentenced. And now, as strange as this may sound, even though it was wrong for you to commit that crime, you're in prison now. So now it is your calling, it is your assignment to serve him, to love him there. You don't wait to serve and love God until you get out of prison. You do it there. Now, as we walk through these verses, Paul's going to give two illustrations in just a moment that show us two major truths about this principle of life. The first truth is this. You're never disqualified from serving God. You can always serve God as you are. And the second truth is this. 
You're never waiting to get to a place where you can serve God. You can always serve God where you are. First principle, you're never disqualified from serving God. You can always serve God as you are. Now, the illustration that Paul uses here embarrasses some of us, but it didn't them because it was a part of their life. It was a part of their worship. He uses the illustration of circumcision. A Jewish boy had to be circumcised, so Jews were circumcised and Gentiles were not in that day. Verses 18 to 20, was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? He should not become circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. Each one should remain in the situation which he was in when God called him. So there he says it again in verse 20, that principle, remain in the situation where God called you. There were some in Corinth who were feeling, I wasn't circumcised as a Jew, so I can't really serve God because a lot of my my models, like Paul, they began life as a Jew, so maybe I really can't serve God because I wasn't circumcised as a baby. But others were feeling, well, I was circumcised as a keeper of the law, and God has done away with the requirement of the law. So maybe I can't really serve in the freedom of Christ like a Gentile could. Paul is writing here about circumcision, but if you take this to your life, to my life, there's not one of us who doesn't have a hundred reasons why God couldn't use us. For them, it was whether they were circumcised or uncircumcised. That sounds silly to us, but our excuses would sound silly to them. The moment you think you needed to have a different background or a different family, or you needed to have different life circumstances in order to really serve God, you have disqualified yourself, but God never disqualifies you because your life circumstances are not the point. So he says to us, you are never disqualified from serving God. You can always serve God as you are. The person that you are right now, given to him, you can serve him. And then there's a second truth that he tells us. You're never waiting to get to a place where you can serve. You can always serve God where you are. You can always serve God as you are and where you are if you'll give yourself to him. And the illustration of being able to serve God anywhere you are, he gives, is the illustration of slavery. Verses 21 to 24. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you. Although if you can gain your freedom, do so. For he who was a slave when he was called by the Lord is the Lord's freedman. Similarly, he who was a free man when he was called is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brothers, each man as responsible to God should remain in the situation God called him to. There it is again, remain in that situation. Even if you were a slave, Paul says. Now, slavery is clearly wrong, but he says even in that wrong, you serve God there. It's clearly wrong in these verses. He says, if you can get your freedom, do that. It's clearly wrong in these verses. He says, do not become slaves of men. But there were some in that day in the Roman Empire who had the wrong of slavery imposed on them. What if you can't gain your freedom? Does that mean you can't serve God? Absolutely not. Now, the best illustration here of Joseph from the Old Testament, if you look at the life of Joseph, he was unjustly, he was wrongly imprisoned, but he still served God while he was in prison. He still chose to serve in prison. And because of that, God rose him to higher and higher places in that prison and eventually got him out of that prison to serve as a second ruler over all of Egypt. What if Joseph hadn't served while he was in prison? When Paul talks about slavery here and says you can serve God even there, he's reminding us that there is no place on this planet where you cannot serve God and serve others. Jesus served those who were torturing him even as he died on the cross. 
There is no place you can be put on this planet where you cannot continue to serve God and serve others. If you've been unjustly blamed in a job situation or unjustly fired because of a job situation, you can serve God in that place. If you've lost it all because of your own materialism or pride, you can serve God in that place. If you've been cheated out of it all because of somebody else's materialism or pride, you can serve God in that place. There is no place that we can be put in this life in which you cannot continue to serve God. There's nowhere that you can't keep serving. Now, there's a lot of wheres I don't want to be, but there's nowhere I can't keep serving. And so Paul says it again and again. You remain in the position where you have been called. If you want God to put you somewhere else, or you are wondering whether God should put you somewhere else, the first step is to serve him where he's already put you. That's where you begin. Instead of spending your life chasing after a place where you can really serve, you choose to really serve in the place that you are, realizing that God has put you in that place at this time in more ways than you can imagine. Even if it's a wrong that a man has tried to do to you, that mankind has tried to do to you, God can even work there. He can put you even there to serve him, to make a difference for him there. Jesus, thank you for where you've put us. For some of us, that's an easy prayer to pray. We have blessings all around us. For others of us, it's the most difficult prayer we have to pray. We wonder why we're here. How could we have gotten here? But thank you for where you've put us, not for the circumstances, but for the opportunities to serve. The opportunities to serve you right here, right now, right where we are. So instead of waiting until we become someone different, or we get in a different circumstance, Jesus, help us to serve you now. In your name, amen. Tomorrow, we're gonna to talk about how to decide when it seems that God may be putting you in a different place. Hey.